this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We have been reborn. Video Game Movie Anatomy is no more, and we are now inventory full. We are your gamer culture show on the Popcorn Talk Network, and today's our first episode. Stay with us. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this inaugural episode of Inventory Full, where we spend all week picking up items from the dungeon that is the gaming world, and now we are going to deposit them to you, the viewer. Welcome to the show. I'm one of your hosts, the internet's Mark B. Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. We are down one member of our crew today. That is Patrick Dees. You can follow him at Peter Dees. But not alone, ladies and gentlemen, Stacey Shuttleworth. Hi, guys. I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacey Shuttles or all across the web at Nerds Doing Stuff. Nate Miller. What's going on, guys? My name is Nate Miller. You can find me on all social media at Dog Like Nate. So, Nate, so happy to have you as a part of the crew now. Yes. Yes. Very excited. Uh, we did a E3 covered show a couple of weeks ago while E3 was still going on. We had such a good time. We finally decided to pull the trigger and just do our gaming show. That's right. Yes. The people wanted it, and we had to give it to them. All three of them. Time. They That's wanted right. it. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Anyway. Uh, have double counting votes, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe. So uh, <laughs> the thing about inventory full is we're not going to be like oh so the the, the news uh, th- there's, there's some news we're going to talk about some news stories we're going to talk about gamer culture we're going to have some segments uh, featuring various things from classic gaming modern gaming all sorts of things and I think that each one of the hosts of the show play to a certain strength when it comes to gaming and we're trying to cover all of those drinks, and provide you a pretty fun, entertaining show. We do tape this live Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so make sure to join us live so that you can become a part of the show. Uh, To get started, I figure we just give a little bit of an introduction about our gaming histories, uh, who we are, what we've played, and what we're playing now. Nate, you want to get started? Uh, Sure, yeah. Um, All right. Well, I've been playing games basically my whole life. Um, I told a story in our E3 show about my first video game. My parents were on a uh, road trip to Las Vegas, and they bought me uh, the the OG uh, clear Game Boy with mm-hmm. the with the Batman, and that and ever since then, uh, you know, it's been the the deep dark hole that is gaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm primarily a PC gamer. Uh, I'm what you might call a hardcore gamer. Uh, <laughs> invest far too many hours into games uh, i played world of warcraft for many years i'm recovering you got uh, clean uh you know i don't want to speak too <laughs> one, soon one day at a time <laughs> if i talk about it, i start to get the itch uh uh yeah i play league of legends i play a lot of uh like i said pc games i do play a fair amount of uh, console games i used to play uh some shooting games competitively like halo things of that nature uh so i do have big love for uh, things like destiny i'm a big fan 
uh, yeah, I, I try to get it, spread my gaming around, uh, but definitely on, on the PC focus. Mm-hmm. There's just so much. It's it's yeah. hard as much as they say, hey, we're focused on this one particular thing. You can always everybody plays everything, and there could be that one mobile game that you're addicted well, to. Well, I think that's one of the coolest parts about the gaming community, and why it's important for us to really like develop a, a strong community mm-hmm. is because not only are you being able to play one game with someone who's completely different from you and find something to relate to them with, but you can play multiple different games. And you know, like I'm for I'm I'm not really a sports person at all, but I really enjoy hockey and I really do enjoy playing the NHL games. And a lot of my friends that don't play any of the fantasy games that I play will gladly play some NHL with me. So that's it's cool. things like that that are, are important for friendships and bonds and that's what makes, you know, the gaming really fun. The Wayne Gretzky's hockey back in the N64, I used to play that with my brother a lot. Not just because of the hockey, but because also it had a fighting minigame mm-hmm. where you can just beat the crap out of a guy, take him out, and then you take your penalty. So you never know what sort of games you can find to open up New Horizons. Stacy, how about you? What's some of your some of your uh, gaming history? Uh, well, so I have always grown up playing games with my sister, um, whether it was both of us sitting in a room together playing on our Game Boys or trying to beat the crap out of each other on our PS2, <laughs> which I think was our trusty system for many, many years. Uh, we were the ones who would dig through Dad's closet and find all his old gaming systems and play whatever he had. Um, I know in our E3 segment I talked about how we played Duck Hunt religiously. <laughs> Just you got to put it right because, up against the glass, yeah. You know, we could, and why not? Uh, that's kind of grown over the years. I took uh, a little break from gaming kind of during college, which was unfortunate. I missed a lot of good stuff, and I've been trying to go back and, and pick up a lot of that stuff now. Uh, as far as gaming tastes, you give me an open world, and I'm pretty much there, as yeah. long as I don't have to shoot a gun. That usually <laughs> doesn't go well for me. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Bow and arrows seems to be treating you very well. Bow and arrow is great. I love bows and arrows like all day. Um, Skyrim, Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my favorites right now. I've been lost in Final Fantasy for months. Um, Lost is a good way to put it. It's half half your Twitter. The other half being whether you like Persona 5 or not. I think it's worth asking for the clarification of which Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 15, which is actually the first game that I've been able to play all the way through. I cannot do turn-based combat. Yeah, it's... I I tried so hard Yeah, it's definitely. I do enjoy the way that they approach the combat in 15 and the way the series has evolved because I think there was a lot of reasons why we had turn-based combat, but Mm -hmm. unless you're doing it... I mean, I... I, you have to do it right because I just I just got into X, uh, XCOM two okay. this weekend and I just like again deep dark hole just got lost <laughs> into that game and that's turn based and that's so I think it's it's much you ha- you got to do it right now it's just mm-hmm. we're we're treated with so many games that get you more action on the fly that yeah I, I need to be able to run in there and just beat stuff up get stuff just, done just get, use a big sword or a bow and arrow yeah. and and there's hit a lot things. of waiting in those games yeah. Um, I stay away from a lot of competitive stuff, a lot of online stuff, because it scares me a lot, to be quite honest. Uh, but I do love Overwatch. I play Overwatch. I think we're all constantly. big fans of Overwatch here at this yeah, table. Yeah, lots, mm-hmm. lots of Overwatch. I'm still trying to learn PC. One of the first times that we played together, I made the mistake, and you can crucify me if you want, I plugged a controller in. I so you're playing well, you're, to my PC. I have a friend who did that, too. Yeah. 
because um, he's a big. He's not really a big PC gamer. It's funny because he plays League of Legends with us now, and he's yeah. been playing for a while. So he is a PC gamer, but he like refuses to admit that he's a PC gamer, and like he plays a lot too. So he's like borderline hardcore. But anyways, so Overwatch comes out. We all stop playing League, whatever, to go and Overwatch. Like everyone stopped playing everything. Yeah, start playing Overwatch, yep. and we were like, oh man, you got to play too. He's like, all right, fine. He gets. I think it was like a free weekend or something. Oh yeah, they, they did. Like, he plugs his controller in, and he's like, I can't get it to work. And they were having issues with that point with the controller porting. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, that's not. Is that the point? For well, it's, it's specifically for a shooter. In a PC game, if you are playing on a controller, you're limiting yourself because mm-hmm. you know. I learned that real quick. It only took me a couple <laughs> hours to go. Never mind, yeah. never mind whatsoever. It's like and and for it me, does. It's so polished though that it feels like it should be like a controller game, mm-hmm. just because it feels mm-hmm. like a console game. Often PC games, because they're optimized to run on so many different like hardware devices, they're they're not as smooth. But you know, it's Blizzard, so it's so polished. It just looks so good. Blizzard got it right. And it'll be interesting to see how they utilize Destiny. I still, I still can't believe that. I think it's, what a huge get. I really think it's more of just the Activision partnership working out of like, hey, we have a thing that you could put your thing on. I don't know how much they're going to be involved, mm. but I would like to see them involved because I mean they've been dealing with online communities. I mean they are the authority on how to deal with online communities and how to manage a large, you know, massive multiplayer game. So and I can't imagine again we're going off to the weeds already and that's why i'm very excited about this i'm i'm i can't believe a game like destiny 2 just being like ah it's on steam i don't know steam just sort of is where everything goes and for something like that to go no it's gonna go here on the shelf like oh okay yeah it gives it gives a little bit bigger of a presentation yeah i mean i would i would i would agree steam unfortunately has that like and almost the netflix issue of like what do I play? There's too many games, yeah. oversaturation, and like it's hard to find something that's like really, really good. We're in the middle of a summer sale right now, and I haven't looked at it Ooh. because the past couple of sales, summer and winter, I've gone through and I've looked at a game and go, oh, that game looks like fun. Put it, add it to cart, look in my cart, you already own this game. <laughs> Wait, no, crap. <laughs> Getting in a, in a Steam loop. Well done. It's the absolute worst. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, I keep getting the emails. 21 of the games on your wish list are on sale right now. Oh, no. Mm. I was really good. The it. only thing I bought was XCOM. It was like 75% off. and It's like four or five bucks? Yeah, it was like, I think so. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and I've already sunk like 60 hours into it. So I'm still thinking about uh, Dead by value. Daylight. But I don't know. That just came out for console like, as well. But I feel like you you got to play that with people. That's, a, no, exactly. Because yeah. I got Evolve day one uh, uh, season pass. Like, oh, I'm going to get all the monsters. And then nobody else bought it. And so I just it fun. sat on my shelf. Yeah. And I, I legitimately wasted money on Evolve. And now it's free to play. It's <laughs> that's, uh, ridiculous. All right. For, uh, for me, I my, my gaming history takes me back all the way to Nintendo. The fondest memories of the original Nintendo. Super Nintendo, still one of the best consoles of all time. I, I'm a big Nintendo fanboy. I was a big defender of the Wii U. And I still think it's a great system. I, I just... I got rid of it because I wasn't... lied to yourself? Yeah. What? Yeah. No! What? The Wii U is a you wonderful yes. console! The Wii, is. the Wii U is a great console <clears throat> with great games. The and Switch is a wonderful console. The Switch is also Switch a wonderful is. console. Yes. Thank you. I don't know about also. <laughs> <laughs> but exclusively, I mean, only a good console. Are you, what, do you, what are your feelings on the GameCube? I like the GameCube a lot. It, it's, I think the Switch is more of a spiritual successor to the GameCube than it is the Wii. 
and it's bringing people back around the console even more so than the Wii even though it does have some motion controls it's more it's bringing back back couch co-op which other systems aren't doing agreed yeah absolutely love it uh, that was my favorite part about their presentation was their focus on like bringing people together because the gaming community is growing like astronomically every year more 12 year olds get access to video games and get hooked and <laughs> but I think know. also more people are finding themselves more adults are finding themselves with a little bit of extra income and uh, you know what I kind of want to play NBA Playgrounds right now but it's also the rise of games that are more drop in drop out play yeah. and are more like shorter time commitments you know you can play Overwatch you can play one match you can play like three or four matches and like there's no you could play one <laughs> right. match or I'm you can saying, play until five how, in the morning how do you, how do you accomplish right. this, this I, I need to I, know this I'm secret. saying could as a hypothetical you know we're speaking of, of normies here okay yes. not, <laughs> not of our kind but <laughs> not oh, I, oh, I still can't imagine how much money I've, I've dropped in mm. additionally into Overwatch. It's just yeah, which is terrible. a paid game too. <laughs> but I mean, we get you get maps and characters and it's polished. But you know. it's a, it's an additional thank you. Hey, thank you for taking this. I'm gonna give you a little. That's bit why more money. I I I have a confession. I honestly I don't even really play it that much anymore. As much as I still love it, mm-hmm. and like I played the New Horizon map a little bit just to kind of get a feel for it, mm-hmm. and it's nice. But short of like with a group of friends, like oh let's play all play Overwatch. I'm not really playing. It just because the progression I don't feel like is there. If you're mm-hmm. not playing ranked, you just you're just kind of like playing for these numbers, which ultimately really mean nothing. Yeah. And then the loot box thing is re- was really the the straw breaking on the back. I wasn't able to play as much during the last big event, mm-hmm. which the just, anniversary event, right? Yeah. Which made me be like, well, then the only way I'm going to get the skins I want is if I buy them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, I've already spent too much money on these games. It is. I'm not like I already have enough skins. I just can't do it. So my only way to stop myself was just to not play yeah put it away put it yeah. Away. yeah so now i'm just i'm 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 casual overwatch real sad <laughs> that i'm no such thing really sad <laughs> i'm lying to myself. really sad to find out that in the last developer update now that the year is done which brought a lot of people back and in pos- into dropping however much money that people may or may not have spent on this table no, now no they're gonna fix there. the loot boxes yeah, after the after big, that. arguably the biggest event of the year. Eh, well, now we'll fix them. I mean, this is this has been an issue since like beta. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's always. I mean, I I love Blizzard, but they're a giant mega company that makes tons of money, and they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm gonna put my conspiracy hat on. <laughs> this was the plan the whole time. You know, it's they're not going at the, a year ago. There was not enough content. If there weren't duplicates, you would just get everything. Yeah. There'd be mm-hmm. no reason to buy loot boxes. There'd be no reason to grind out games. Now, there's so much stuff that's out. Now you can, you know, we can let you add some type of a catch-up mechanic. So, mm-hmm. I think also could be a thing of, all right, loot box, loot box profits are starting to come down a little bit. Maybe people are starting to buy into it and understand. Maybe it's maybe it's a lot of people are getting the same symptoms as I am, and and this somewhat solves that. In that, when you do finally like, it's, it's nothing more frustrating than like, all right, I'm gonna just play some games and grind some loot boxes out so mm-hmm. I can get some of the new stuff, and then you play twelve games to finally get you know two loot boxes, and you open them and they're both almost entirely duplicates. White, white, blue, white, and the second one you get the same stuff that you did in the first. And it's like. Why am I? What am I playing this game? For? What am I doing? Because it's, uh, yeah. it's just. Yeah. What am I doing? You know, you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> exactly what you mean. <laughs> you uh, question things. Um. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going on in the gaming world today. Was there anything that stood out to anybody as as like 
something that you really wanted to talk about? Well, I guess while we're on the Overwatch topic, um, you know, they're always updating characters, always making small changes, and usually we can adapt pretty fast and people get on board and can work with these changes. Um, but recently they have nerfed Roadhog mm-hmm. significantly. And did they where... shorten the change to the chain too? They did that a little while ago. Okay. They they changed um, how his how his hook worked, but now he had uh, he had a thirty percent reduction in damage. And so, usually when they nerf or buff characters, there's not huge drops in people playing them or changes like that. Mm. There's been, um, his win rate in competitive has now dropped below 50%, and his play rate has dropped by like 6 or 7%. Interesting. Which is huge. And yeah. I mean, people are not happy. About, I don't blame them. No, it's, it's a big difference, and it's really impacted how you can play Roadhog. Yeah, I'm not really surprised. Um, Roadhog has been on the change list since the game has been out, and this is—it's kind of funny because Blizzard is almost notorious for having issues with these types of characters that have these hook abilities. Uh, that you know, it creates. Anytime you're getting something that large of a disruption in like movement, and you you lose control of your character, it's always very strong. So it's hard to balance around. Yeah. Um, so I think I haven't, like I said, I haven't really been playing as much frequently. I have a my roommate plays the game religiously, mm-hmm. so I'm still mm-hmm. very much exposed to it. Um, and he he plays Roadhog, and he actually said that he liked the change. Um, I'd have to ask him for more clarification on that. I personally looked at the numbers and I saw it as a straight-up nerf. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think they're just trying to move him more into the position of a utility tank because up until this point, Roadhog very much has been a very good frontline tank who puts out a lot of damage. Yeah. Like yes. When you're playing Roadhog, if you're doing good, it's very <laughs> easy for you to get uh, gold damage. And mm-hmm. I rarely encounter a Roadhog that isn't just amazing at the hook either. Well, he's one of those champions too, especially like... As as you look at the length of a game, like certain skill caps rise not only because of champion depth, but also because of the community's awareness of how the champions work. Mm-hmm. So, like game mm-hmm. first comes out, Diva's ultimate is super overpowered because no one knows where the fuck to stand. Right <laughs> now, it's like they have to buff it because okay, stand by the wall, it's done, no mm-hmm. problem. Move right, so it's the same thing with Roadhog mm-hmm. Hook. As people adjust to knowing what the length is, where is the safety range? What corners, especially now with the new mechanic where if you break line of sight, it breaks the hook. Where can I stand that I can poke out? Even if I get hooked, I can sidestep and break the hook. So all of these things Mm -hmm. come into play. So if you're playing Roadhog at this point, especially in any competitive or you you play a lot, you play a lot of Roadhog. You have to be committed Mm -hmm. to, yeah, you got to land the hook. If you're not landing the hook, he's not fun to play. You know, you're just losing all the time. I hope that with... There's there's some additional updates that will allow people to get back in Overwatch. Like even I haven't even played a lot, and the name is escaping me. The new the newest hero, oh, oh Arisa, Arisa. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I've gotten a couple of skins, and I've maybe I played a pa- practice round with her, and and one regular round with her. But even then, it's like <sighs> Overwatch still. Yeah, I really like Arisa, and yeah. you know, like I talked about earlier, the polish with the game is there, and that's part of what makes it so good. But the polish is also what's holding them back from something like League of Legends, where League of Legends has the you know player base that it has, mm-hmm. even being as old as it is already. I've been playing the game for like seven years now. But they, up, they update the game essentially almost every two weeks. 
So the game is almost always fresh. It's always changing, and they've definitely slowed their champion release down than they have in the past, and mm -hmm. they take more time to polish and refine them, but it's mm -hmm. still frequent enough that the game feels like it's almost constantly changing. Yeah. I don't feel the same way about Overwatch. It seems like it's getting faster, though. In between events mm -hmm. and having like the Lunar Outpost and, and various updates to at least the PTR, on the PC side, it seems like it's a, it's a little bit more frequent, but console side, it's so much lower. Mm -hmm. Alright, we've been talking about Overwatch for a really long time, and that's great. Over we love Overwatch here, and we will probably continue to talk about Overwatch here, but uh, was there something in the news that you wanted to talk about, Nate? Um, I mean, we just saw earlier the that they're getting loot boxes for uh, Battlefront. Has been Battlefront 2, yeah. They had talked about microtransactions, but now we know <laughs> what they mean. Yeah, and I hope it's not to the degree of an Injustice 2 where the armor actually enhances, like, it gives you additional I mean, buffs. They have loot boxes in uh, Battlefield 1, correct? No. they. It was credits that you could use to buy unlockables. So it wasn't like, do those affect hey, gameplay? Some do. Uh, okay. Cosmetic, no. It was just, oh, cool, I'm a Zabrak now. But, um, uh, or an Emoidian. But in terms of weaponry, you could unlock better rifles, Chewie's Bowcaster, uh, Implosion Grenades, various and various abilities hmm. that reward not, people. Not Battlefront 1, Battlefield 1. Oh, Battlefield 1. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't played, played a lot played of it. Battlefront, no. I've only, I've only played a little bit of it. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say 100% sure. I'm pretty sure that they have some type of a loot crate system into that. Uh, hopefully it's just cosmetics. I'm mm -hmm. assuming that this is going to emulate that in some regard because it's been my experience, especially with DICE, that whatever they do in Battlefield, they're just going to put you know, stormtroopers on it and lasers and call it uh, Battlefront. Yeah, that's not surprising. So, yeah, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Um, but I'm, I'm, I have a feeling it's going to be a similar format. Hopefully it's just cosmetic and nothing that affects gameplay because that would just be a killer for the game, which would be really upsetting because it looks so good right now. Yeah. But because it's EA, I'm waiting for the catch. Looks like... Oh, that's right. Battle Packs is what uh, Battlefield 1 utilizes. Thank you, Steve, for bringing that up in the booth. Uh, it, it looks like weapon skins. It doesn't look like actual weapons. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. So hopefully it's the same thing of where it's just character skins, uh, weapon skins, things of that nature. Vehicle skins... Maybe it, some taunts, things like that. Ta yeah, you know? taunts were, taunts were pretty cool. fun back in back in the OG, uh, and it by expanding to the ver all eras of Star Wars, you can have whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get, give me a Gungan at an ultra-level unlock that's super mm -hmm. rare. Why not? Yeah. I'd go for so it. So high hopes, <laughs> but I can't help but cringe a little bit whenever I just see the word loot box because it just makes me feel like I'm gambling. And I'm like, I'm already spending money on I spent game. so much money on this already. <laughs> give, me just, give me just what I want. Don't give me all the crap I don't want. <laughs> Speaking of gambling and things that people don't want, uh, news about the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. I'm, I'm a big fan of this, this world's lore. Uh, the gameplay, eh. Uh, whatever it, it's interesting how it keeps reinventing itself but i i like the world that it's creating and it's a, it took the the pc world by storm releasing three games in a, a calendar year absolutely nuts uh there's an update that came out about five nights of freddy six stopping production scott cawthon came out uh with a statement saying after forcing myself to keep working on it day after day i realized i just don't want to work on this so after giving this a lot of thought i've decided that i'm going to stop working on it i'm not going to reveal anything else about what the game was and i've asked other people involved never to divulge anything either it's just not going to be talked about uh <laughs> to when and then when fans were like 
really? He was like, yes, really. I need a break. It's not a troll. Would I ever troll you guys? And that's when it's like, okay, hold on. Oh. Stop it. Yeah, the wording seems a little bit fishy. Because the yeah. the last game that he released is like, you know, guys, it's it's really messed up. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna release like it's gonna be episodic, and like he he does this all the time, mm. and nobody can tell whether he's being serious or not anymore, because <laughs> he he gives himself such a hardcore cycle to work with, just trying to put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out, and when it's done, it's done. It's not gonna go through any cleanup process. If he's being serious this time, nobody will know. You cry wolf too many times, and people aren't going to listen to you anymore. Yeah, I'm not familiar enough to uh, to determine if he's trolling or not. He, it, it's a lot of, hey, is this... The wording is just very strange. If he is being serious, it's it's a it's a weird way to say, like, you know, don't no one's ever going to talk about it, and you'll mm-hmm. never... Like, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. very strange wording. Well, it's just that last little bit right there. I mean, that that's what kind of cements it for Would me. Would I ever as, troll you as, guys? Hmm. Shut up, Scott. I'm yeah. kidding. If you're tired, take a break. Um, <laughs> all right. So from there, we're going to go into a segment that we like to call The Mother Load. That's where we find the best of the best and keep it in our treasure trove like Donkey Kong's Banana Horde. Because why not? Today, sure. we're going to be talking about the most patriotic games. Not necessarily the most American, but patriotic. Fourth of July is coming up uh, tomorrow, Independence Day in America. Uh, and I was wondering if anybody had thought of, what do, you, what do you think is the most patriotic game that is out there? That's a good question. So I, I have a personally patriotic game. Okay. Because the only thing I did in this game that I really thought was worthwhile was run around killing redcoats. Uh, and this was Assassin's Creed Assassin's 3. Assassin's Creed 3, alright. I mean, going back to the Revolutionary War. I uh, spent hours running around the city and getting as many as I could to chase me around before I turned and just dove into the throng and, and you know, just took on like 20 redcoats at right. once. It, yeah. it usually didn't end well. That intense combat. But it was real fun. Yeah, no, that's... Hit that counter. Ding. Slice. <laughs> Ding. I don't believe Slice. in counters, so... Oh, no. Oh, you like the hard mode. Yeah, just fight, just fight your way through it. Just get Countering is around. silly. You don't need to counter. Just hit. Uh, in, that, in that game, at least. Um, One of the ones that I thought of that isn't necessarily American is Papers, Please. Does anybody play okay. Papers, Please? Yeah. I haven't played it, but I'm, I'm familiar with it. So in that, you play a Border Patrol guard let, letting people into your country. And you have to determine whether somebody is appropriate enough to be able to enter your country. You gotta, you gotta have some sort of patriotism to. Uh, 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 what is it? It's a Stolska. It's. I always think of uh, like Anatevka, but that's from Fiddler on the Roof, and very incorrect. But it's it's a very interesting game that, similarly to Five Nights at Freddy's, created a lot of pretenders to the crown. A lot of people went for that type of a game, which I, is weird. A little weird. But stuff like that, where it's country first sort of a thing. And you're definitely Wolfenstein. Yeah, Wolfenstein is, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I would say um, Civilization by definition is probably the most patriotic. I think you won. I guess. <laughs> yeah, do, you, I, do I get a prize? Yeah, I mean, you will, um, maybe? Do you I have would, something back there? My personal pick, probably uh, some, some of the Modern Warfare games. As much as I'm not a big fan of the games, I did mm. enjoy some of the campaign modes, mostly 2 and 3. Yeah. Uh, I think Modern Warfare 2 is the one where, it's, I think that's the one where they 
where they invade the U.S. and, like, you're fighting in the White House after, like, Russia has just, like, bombed us and they're, like, paratrooping in. The only, the only big scene that I remember from 2 was the airport. That's that's the only thing. Yeah, no Russian. Yeah. yeah, same. So yeah, same one. I think so. yeah, that is the same one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that game in particular, like obviously that upset everybody, and just because it was like so controversial, which I mean it kind of is. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. They left You're it just a- acting out terrorism is kind of is pretty uh, being complicit. Yeah, a little. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not being complicit. You're doing it. Well, you don't have you to, don't you don't have to shoot anybody in the airport. True, true. But this is Call of Duty. Who yeah. pulls up a Call of Duty game is like, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to not shoot my gun. It's it's a hidden achievement. Is, is it really? It, I'm, uh, <laughs> I was going to say I never got it. <laughs> that, yeah, it's I was pa- pacifism. Un- unable to uh, unable to get there. I'm sure that that must have been a, a uh, April Fool's joke at some point. In a modern warfare, it's like ah, they put out a patch and it had pacifism on people. What? Sorry. Now, one that I would highly recommend for anybody because it's just fun and dumb. It's got a lot of guns in it, much like America itself. Bro Force. Oh my mm. God, is this game fun? You cl- checkpoints are American flags. You play as action movie heroes. Mm. Uh, yeah. Just big guns, big explosions. You kill the devil at the end of every level. And at, one of my favorite things is if you play it on the PS4, the, the light bar on the controller, it reacts to various games. And in this one, it goes red, white, blue, red, white, blue, and just flashes that. I it's, like it. It's nuts. You, it's up to four-player co-op. It's on Steam. I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox, and I, I think it was a PS4 exclusive, like a timed exclusive. But, man, highly recommend anybody. It's... It's nuts. It's so much fun, though. That looks very patriotic, indeed. Yeah, dude. Just... And it drop-in, drop-out co-op. Uh, they add new heroes pretty regularly. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I cool enjoy it, too. It's a good, good, uh, good little... Uh, good, clean American right. fun. It is. It is. It's <laughs> yeah. really fun. It's, it's, like, it's not too complex, mm-hmm. but it's not like easy, but it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's very funny, too. Yeah. It's, Lots it's, of laughs. Real silly, uh, a lot of a lot of mutations. Oh, there, there's a lot of jokes with the enemy types. Uh, there's like the mega copter. Is it compensating for something? You know, like really, really silly, dumb stuff. The announcer's really intense, uh, and the the name puns. You'd be surprised that they don't get as tiring as you'd think they would. Like uh, Command Bro, uh, Ram Bro, uh, Broden Walker for Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> a lot of a lot of yeah. classic good stuff. Uh, so highly recommend Broforce. Um, does anybody have any? Let's see. Uh, in chat, uh, Evangeli agrees with Wolfenstein. Command and Conquer. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. I could say that as well. I mean, any of the the military games are are definitely on the mm, list because yeah. you're fighting for country. Command and Conquer is a good yeah. one. Mm. I uh, mean, even. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, please. <laughs> well, I was going to change gears a little bit. So oh, okay. Go, go well, that then thought. fine. I will. <laughs> Uh, I was just gonna say I would throw <laughs> Fallout in there too, even though it's it's kind of post uh, America, I mm-hmm. guess. But you still, with some of the factions, I would say there's a little of its own patriotism within themselves. You definitely mm-hmm. get a feel, especially with like the old music and stuff, and all the yeah. old Americana. In the in that same vein, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, yes. like straight up. Literal I completely old forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That's that's my pick. The the motorized presence. I was thinking about that game the other yeah. day. And I forget what game I was playing, but I was like, oh, this music is so bad. And I was thinking about how the music in Bioshock Infinite was so 
good. It's and, like, and the way, yo, oh, calm, you, it's, okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You can just say it's okay. something bad about it. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. That, no, that's like one of my favorite games of all time. It's just so well done from front to back. That but the way that they did the music, so not only it sounds great and stuff, but like it fits in within the story contextually, like the way they did the covers yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Like just getting to Good the job. beach and going like, this girls just want to have. Why is this just girls just want to yeah. have fun? And why does it sound like this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, but it's one of those ones that I don't know if I, I would ever want to go back and play again because the first experience was just. I thought so about that too. Yeah. It's on sale, and yeah. I was like, should I play? Because I played it on console like a while ago, mm-hmm. and I haven't played it mm-hmm. since I got a PC. I'm like mm, it's gonna look good, but do I want to? tarnish my initial first you know love mm-hmm. for it yeah i know i pick it up from time to time and kind of look at it and i haven't been able to bring myself to play it a second time mm-hmm. just uh the story say too. to yourself book or catch and then you're good yeah that's or just put, put it on happens. your phone put it on your phone and play like and an like, air horn you're like oh got it uh i believe our our main man in the booth mr steve has uh, something to add to it unless you're still trying to get your uh, your graphic ready steve Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. Do you want to say what it is because people may not be watching on YouTube.com slash Popcorn Talk Network? Uh, yes, absolutely. Never in my life have I ever played a game that has ever made me feel like I was serving a country than Metal Gear Solid 3 for the PS2. Absolutely fantastic game and uh, just so much drama and so much conflict internally and spiritually and physically just oh it's a masterpiece i absolutely love it i mean the metal gear solid franchise is highly regarded by anybody even people who have and have not played it they just go oh metal gear solid yeah jeez but of all of them you pick three uh yes absolutely um which what was the subtitle of three snake eater snake Snake eater Eater. that's right snake eater whatever it's not that but um (laughs) <laughs> uh, let us know what you think is the most pa- or is a patriotic game and we'll add it to our mother load because this is a lot of fun uh, now moving on there's something that you really wanted to talk about Nate that I wanted to use the rest of our time for uh, and if you wanted to introduce, introduce it and- yeah um, I mean long story short uh, communities online you know uh, earlier Stacy was talking about how she doesn't really play a lot of online player versus player games mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you said you don't feel comfortable. A lot of the time. Right. <laughs> and so what I wanted to talk about is the reason that I think causes that comfortability, and that's uh, toxicity online. You know, mm-hmm. player behavior, uh, bullying, things of that nature. Now, uh, you, a little bit of background. Like I said earlier, I play League of Legends. League of Legends is probably one of the most toxic games that there is. Really? 100%. Okay. I'm surprised that you don't already Well in terms of, in terms of MOBAs I've I'm Now this and this is the thing is that uh it used it didn't used to be that way. When in the when the MOBA scene first kind of started, uh League was very much more known as the newcomer friendly just in terms of even just the art style, it was more colorful, more vibrant and just the fact that it was new and it was a brand new game as opposed to coming from like Dota, which is the other main competitor which comes from the Warcraft 3 mod. Yeah. And the problem with the Dota community is even back in the day when it was just a Warcraft 3 mod and there was not a lot of people playing. If you are new to the game, if you're trying to learn anything, if you have any questions, you immediately get shot down. You get flamed, you get cursed at, you get called names, etc. So it makes it really hard to even get into the game, let mm. alone to be good enough to get people to stop 
you know, being rude to you. So it's like a vicious cycle. Sure. Now the problem with League is that the game has gone on for so long, and just the meta of the game has changed so much, so that the game is very snowball uh, oriented. That the, within the first few minutes, if you make a just a few minute mistakes, they can punish you for the rest of the game to the point of where you're spending 40, 50 minutes now either waiting for the enemy to make a mistake for you to make a comeback or just playing the whole game fighting an uphill battle. Interesting. Yes. That's really unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> well, but this happens a lot in all types of player versus player games. You know, the other really big offender now is Overwatch. It has a huge toxic yep. community. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of the timing of when Overwatch came out, and I don't want to necessarily say that all of their players came from League of Legends, but I can personally say I know a lot of people that played League that immediately went to Overwatch when it came out. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, emu the environment somewhat emulates the same scenarios, although the, I think the games are less stressful, uh, but we still see those same things. Just like when you're playing and someone's screaming at the Hanzo that won't switch, <laughs> or whatever the case is. Or uh, the, the Widowmaker who's just like, we need a healer, we need a healer. So why don't you be a healer? Exactly. Who's on Widowmaker? Exactly. When but she came in after and there was already a Hanzo who's like on fire, but now let's flame the Hanzo because I that's be a meme. But <laughs> Hey man, proud of Hanzo meme. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of Overwatch... Do you think that adding the competitive mode did anything to sort of separate those two communities from the quick play and the competitive? I think it does, for mm -hmm. sure. The problem, though, lies in that by separating those communities, you're basic, basically the separation is people who play the game casually, who really don't care if they win or lose because they're playing quick play, mm -hmm. versus people who play the game on a more hardcore level who are invested in whether or not they win or lose the game. So by already dividing the player base, you're dividing it between I'm here to have fun and I'm here to win. So anytime you're here to win, the stakes are higher. Sure. If you stand to lose something, if, especially if there's someone... The core of toxicity comes down to blame, really, is what it is. Especially in a, a PvP team-based game. You know, in a, in a fighting game community, this doesn't happen. Because there's no one to blame but yourself if you get whooped, right? But if you're in a team game, it's much easier for me to say, Stacy sucks at Widow, she missed all the shots... Even though I'm the Reinhardt that keeps charging in and dying first every time, but I'm like, where's my team? Where's my fall? And dropping your shield. Right. So yeah. it's so much easier, especially, you know, as an immature person, which you have to remember, the majority of the gaming community is kids. As yep. much as there are adults that play, the majority of it is kids. So when these kids or anyone who's immature plays this game, instead of going, all right, that was my fault. Oh, I should have done this better. You know, it's so much easier to blame someone else, and that's where the anger comes from, because then you get self-defense. I am start yelling at her. Now she starts flaming me because I keep charging in and whatever, and now we're just raging back and forth, and, you know, nothing. nothing Team falls fun. apart. Nobody gets their points. Right. Drop down from from diamond to gold. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And, and, and then it's a vicious cycle because now you're on tilt and now you're upset. So now you're going to carry it into another game where you're already upset and now you're just going to upset everybody else because you're in a bad mood so everyone else deserves to be. How long... Do, well, have you ever... Have either of you ever found yourself... Vic, uh, not... I say victim, but... Uh, in that negative yes, headspace, yes, one hundred percent. And how? But how long do you? How long do you stay before going? Okay, that's it. I'm done. Well, I I'm proud to say that I am reformed because it took me a while to even admit that I was being toxic. I would say like on a scale of one to five, I was probably like a two or a three, mm -hmm. not like on the extreme side, but 
definitely, you know, I said some backwards compliments and things of that nature. And a lot of it is, too, because League doesn't have voice chat, so everything is typing. So oh. it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, in Overwatch, it's a lot easier to be like, hey, man, why don't you try this? And, like, you hear the tone of my voice that I'm just trying to help you, as opposed to typing it, hey, man, why don't you try this? That could be, hey, man, why don't you try this, you idiot, or you whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's easy to, even even coming from a place of where, like, all right, I know I'm better than this person, or, like, I play that champion and you're building it wrong and I want to help you, mm-hmm. finding that way to approach it so that it communicates to them effectively is very difficult because everyone's just on edge. Like, yeah. any, if you say anything to anyone that could be remotely taken out of context. They just assume that it's that way. So I used to be like that. I used to get upset at my teammates and stuff, and I definitely have noticed an improvement in my play when I realized that, look, only person I can control is me. There's no reason to get upset at other people. It doesn't make me get any better. All those things, you know. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. And the problem is, though, it's just a hard environment. Like, it's like a, it's, it really is like a cancer because you cleanse yourself, right? And then you get back in the pool and then, you know, 10 games later, you've been exposed to three other people who are dealing with the cancer and spewing it at you. And now it's like you have, it's like the pot is like starting to boil over. It's like, all right, now, you know, I've tried being patient. <laughs> so the key for me has been just to mute people and just, I'm here to play the game. I'm going to play the game. You can talk shit if you want. Have a nice life. Plug it in your headset, but taking it off so they can still hear you, Mm -hmm. but you don't hear that. But I think it's a serious (laughs) problem. I think, you know, I watched a a YouTuber today talk about, you know, why he hates League of Legends, and he was talking about the toxicity, and he was like, you know, people are going to call you names, and the N-word, and the F-word, and all this shit, and all these, you know, slurs and stuff, and, you know, you'll just have to get over it. And I'm like, no, that's not an okay... Exactly. Well, I think that's true, and I mean, I'm even speaking to other people about it, I realized the other day, you know, someone on Discord sent me this incredibly racist message, was just entirely out of random, I don't even know this person, just a bunch of N-words, yeah. basically, and it doesn't bother me, I don't think it's okay, but I have touched such thick skin from being on the internet, let alone in a gaming community, it doesn't bother me, but it shouldn't have to be that way. Yeah. You should. It shouldn't be like you know. That's what it is. So just deal with it. We sh- we need to address the problem because that's what's holding back the gaming community and like culture from really unifying. Because mm. inherently, when you get down to the bottom, there's all this fighting and tension, especially among you know player versus player games specifically. Mm. How many games does it take you, Stacey? <laughs> do, you, do you stick around <laughs> for too long, or is it like um, I'm out? So, yeah, I mean, it, and it depends on what happens, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends, like, on how severe whatever is going on is. Because sometimes they'll be like, all right, no, after this game, done, no more. Um, and then sometimes it's like, nope, just get away from these people and reset and it's okay. Uh, and usually when I play, I don't play by myself. I usually play with at least three other people. Yeah, because usually the, the, the crew rolls full full five or six yeah, at least. Yeah, we generally... So generally we have at least five. Um, often enough we do have six players. So our entire team is covered and we're, you know, all together on most things, which is, which is nice because we encounter a lot less of the hate being spewed around. Sure. Um, but... There's, there's all you know, especially when we're playing as four or five. There are people, and we've gotten some really nasty stuff before. It happens. Um, That's the point, man. And it's just the anonymity. You yeah. get to say whatever you want to mm-hmm. someone that doesn't have to see your face. There's no repercussions. Little, little to no repercussions. And another thing too that we see is like even when developers try to deal with it, you know, things like Overwatch 
they ban accounts even for cheating and toxicity and all that stuff they just buy a new one same thing with league of legends it's free to play they just make a new account you mm -hmm. know yeah. it's it's hard to lock these people out of this and especially when you get in that place that you're that angry and you just want to cause disruption like it's so easy it's so it's it, like in terms of how difficult it is to make a game go right and like play the right way it's mm -hmm infinitely easier to just do the wrong thing and screw everyone over on your team yeah and so if yeah. if if that sets out to be your goal it's easy to do that and you just start you know pissing everybody off do you think that there's something to be said for games that either have contextual voice chat or no chat whatsoever where you have to go out of your way in order to you will only communicate with the people that you want to communicate with mm. sort of a thing I mean, I think contextual is better. Um, I, th I think forced is. I think f like forced chat is better in theory, but in practice, it just doesn't work because mm -hmm. you just get too many people that abuse the system. All it takes is one or two people to start, you know. And even the the neutral parties. Some of the things that that get me the most is when it's just a feed of somebody watching TV in the background or cooking dinner yeah. or whatever, or their yeah. their kids crying. Or in the even background. something as little mm -hmm. as it being. Uh, a prepubescent kid, uh, and I hate I hate to sound like an elitist, but no, if, you're absolutely if you're, right. If you're squeaking on the mic and you sound like you could be between the ages of eight and ten, even if you're fourteen and you're you know Johnny's haven't yet? dropped it, like just just keep it to yourself. <laughs> like I'm sorry, get a voice, get use the you know back back in the day when I was in middle school and we had Xbox Live, they had the voice changer. So you could squeak, but no one would know because it would make your voice sound like this. And you'd be like, why does that guy sound so weird? But I'd rather that than, you know, the squeaking. I think maybe just for for predatory reasons they got rid of that type of a feature. I don't so know, that you can't maybe. mask your voice. Yeah, so, yeah something it like is. That. It was kind of creepy. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight. Kind of definitely creepy. But I, I totally agree with you. That's part of the reason that keeps me away from those pvp pve games mm -hmm. it's just i don't want to deal with those people yeah. it's mm -hmm. just like especially in, a, in an age where the couch co-op playing with your friends thing is so like clinging it's to so life. switch <laughs> that was you should uh you should mint that <laughs> can't do um yeah it's just you know, it's a completely different game when you're playing Overwatch with six of your friends. Yeah. Yep. Than when you're playing mm -hmm. with just two and a bunch of randoms or just by yourself. And yep. it shouldn't have to be that. I mean, I mean, of course, you're going to have more friends. You're playing with people you know. You know, you're going to have more fun. But you shouldn't feel anxiety about playing a game because what if I get someone who's going to be an asshole and just like ruin the whole experience you know like I it just feels so shitty when I played like I only played two games a league today but the first game I had a feeder and the second game this guy just did kind of bad in the beginning and then tilted off the face of the planet and started cursing everybody out like now it's like now I don't I want to play league I like the mm -hmm. game I want to have fun but I, do I want to risk you know theoretic in my mind wasting another 40 minutes yeah. because of yeah. what somebody else is going to do so it's things like that that just make me want to... I'm hoping that as people start to talk about the issue more and more, that it will start to be more accessible, more acceptable to, you know, put your foot down and be like, 
know. And that's that's the big key for me, I think, is people telling me like, hey, you're being kind of toxic and also me telling my own friends is like, hold your friends accountable. If you're playing with someone mm -hmm. who tilts out and rages on a random person mm -hmm. or like you're four people and there's the, the one random five guy and one of your guys on your team's raised at the random because he's the random, don't don't no, support okay. that. Yeah, say something mm -hmm. yeah. because that that random could be you when you're playing by yourself. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, it's something that Destiny like really random to go off on this tangent, but Destiny Two adding the whole clan system. Hopefully, that doesn't spiral out of control. Well, they've already had clans; they just haven't had them. But in, in terms of the way that the like the smart pairing, I forgot the exact term that they. Yeah, that they honestly, I'm not scared at all because yeah. I will tell you, in terms of online communities, Destiny I think has one of the best communities mm. because it because of the shortcomings of Destiny and release in terms <laughs> of like matchmaking and things of that nature and team building and stuff like that. There's strikes and such. The community had to step in and create outside resources to get people into runs. You know, they created this whole thing of Sherping where they experienced players will carry people who have no idea what they're doing into certain raids and teach them the mechanics and get them stuff so that they kind of know what they're doing. Like this this whole thing was created, that whole system that they're implementing is just them taking what the community has already done and putting it into the game. And I hope that they've employed some fans in order to do that. I like when when companies end up going, hey, community got it right, now come work for us. I mean, us. again, yeah. another <laughs> reason why I love Bungie, they are so active in the Destiny subreddit, it's not even funny. They do mm -hmm. a weekly post, they comment all the time on top threads, seriously. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. part of the reason why the game has gotten better as from where it has, and I think another reason why the community is as tight as it is. Strikes were some of my favorite things to do in that game because it was it was cool to get paired up with random people. Sometimes they were a team, sometimes they weren't. But we would. it's one of those games where because there's not so much to do, mm -hmm. Everybody knows what you're supposed to do when it comes to those right missions. because the, it's mm -hmm. it's a very it's a grind game yeah. so you're doing certain strikes over and over again so mm -hmm. it's, it, once you reach a certain point you've done it enough where like you don't need to necessarily coordinate with other people to get them done but everybody kind of knows what to do so there's just that innate coordination yeah it's a lot of fun it, oh, man <laughs> Destiny was fun when it was fun and I'm really looking forward to Destiny too. This is a really fun, interesting, different sort of episode, but I'm happy that we didn't have to force ourselves into talking about a movie, because, hell, that's not what this show is anymore. Talking about it? Watching it? Well, I mean, talking, talking about watching it? I, was, I had a thought about what the Minecraft movie was going to be about. Oh, I wanted to play? ask you oh, really quickly, please, you because you play Minecraft a lot. Yes, sir. I was watching some videos earlier just about online toxicity, and somebody was saying that Minecraft is one of has one of the largest toxic communities just because there's so many griefers. <laughs> like, and 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 that's a that's a whole other thing of like it's one thing for someone to troll me in a 45 minute game, and like you know I lose some league points and I lose some ranking, whatever. It's another thing for me to have spent three weeks building this giant beautiful castle in Minecraft, and some guy comes with TNT and blows it up. Now. Now, Minecraft <laughs> has been, uh, or Mojang has been really good in terms of adding as many options to, like, server owners, and, uh, and, and I guess it, it's still technically a server for, for uh, consoles as well, but ultimately it's, it seems like a punishment for people who don't know how to utilize those tools. You know, I, I haven't been on a big server in a really long time just for the fear of that happening. So usually whenever I play Minecraft, it's really personal. I've been playing a lot of Sky Factory, which is you, it gives you a block of dirt and a tree and says, all right, build the world. 
good luck, bye, and that's it. So I, I've just been playing a couple hours of that a night and not even having to worry about anybody coming in, just regular-ass mobs. But in in terms of the, the toxic community, I think people have been... As far as I know, big Minecraft communities are kind of going away. I think because of how big the game has become and how split it's become. Now that Microsoft is starting to unite all of those fronts together, maybe there's an opportunity for that again, but I've I've been uh, out of that in quite some time. You think time. it's at the end of its cycle? I think at least big Minecraft communities. I think it's it's becoming personal again. I think it's in it's, terms of like its peak popularity of like oh, Yeah. I think I think maybe it's peak popularity, but I mean it's already graduated into the public lexicon to oh, yeah. To a point where it's like I mean, Mario, it, Angry Birds, Minecraft. I see it like mm-hmm. a like a TF2 thing, where like it will always be around. It'll, it'll always, always be there. Be servers. I don't think we'll ever get a, a Minecraft two. It'll just keep getting iterative and iterative, and I'll probably buy it for for new consoles because damn it, that's Minecraft. <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode of inventory full thank you so much for joining us on on this inaugural episode if you're listening to this after the fact please make sure to go to itunes leave us a review leave us a comment down below on youtube this is so much fun uh i we're still nailing down our schedule as of right now for sure we are doing every two weeks but we're we're trying to get back to weekly show uh so make sure to tune in follow us on the show's twitter which is inventory full pt on Twitter, uh, we have a Facebook page. We're on Twitch. We've got we've got a lot. We essentially think of a social media. We we made sure to grab it and hop it up. It's inventory PT across everything: PlayStation Network, uh, Xbox or Microsoft, uh, Steam, and uh, we're working on a couple of other things in terms of expanding to gameplay. So make sure to stay tuned to that. But until next time, Nate, where can the folks find you? What do you, where can they find you playing? Oh man. Um... Well, you can find me on uh, in League of Legends on uh, NA server as Star Fox. That's S T A R F O C K S. Uh, hit me up; I probably won't play with you. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on social media at Dog Like Nate. That's Dog with two G's. Excellent, Stacy. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacy Shuttles or across the web at Nerds Doing Stuff. You can find me on Overwatch. Uh, I'm called Smart Pop. I don't know the numbers. Sorry, I'll post them later. Uh, that is, I'll be playing Overwatch if I get out of Persona 5 Hell, which may <laughs> never happen. Uh, and I'm uh, the internet's Mark Bidonica. You find me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica. I'm, I'm playing a lot of solo stuff right now. I'm trying to get through Horizon Zero Dawn, but uh, a couple of us here at the studio are playing Rocket League on the PlayStation Network, so... What, do you want in? News to me. No, sorry. Thanks for the invite. I just found out like a couple days ago, too. But um, this weekend, we're actually going to be at RTX in Austin, Texas. Uh, Make sure, if if you're going to be there, if you're going to be, we're going to check out some of the fun gaming stuff that they have there. Uh, I even think Devolver Digital is going to be there, and we can even talk to them about Brofrost. But regardless, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Remember, when you venture into the wild world of video games, make sure you go with your inventory full. We'll see you next time. Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.